the nature of the blind spot is that you're fucking blind to it until it kicks you in the face. There's a reason that I was also reactive to the sexual blind thing. I was like, I know when I'm attracted to people. That's not, I was not attracted to people, you know? And like, it is experiencing like real, like fucking terrifying attraction that has made me realize, oh, I've never been operating this way at all. I'm almost 29. I've lived this long. You know, I was engaged once, like thinking that I had it down to suddenly have it all come crashing down and realize that I had it wrong the whole time. The Big Hormone Enneagram. Hi, I'm John Lukovic, uh, sexual self-president with five-wing, four-five-eight trifix. Hi, I'm David Gray, self-pressed sexual nine with one nine seven four trifix. What up? It's Emika. I'm an eight wing seven, sexual self-pressed with eight five four fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I am a self-pressed social three wing four with a three six nine trifix. If you like our podcast, guys, make sure you go like and subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. And if you really like us, you should definitely leave us a review. I mean, I've just been kind of set off with people's responses to this shit. I was like, really? Yeah, man. Really? Yeah. I'm loving the the shit that people are like, what about queer voices? It's like, I know I'm not. I I understand that I'm not the most experienced queer person, but fuck right off because I'm not queer enough for you. Like, fuck right Right. off. Right. Well, it's it's not even about that because, I mean, they're gonna be no they're just grabbing at straws right i I wanted to speak to that because it's like when i was i i went through a long process of really accepting that i was the problem in in some ways that i you know on on one hand there was nothing wrong with me but on the other hand i was still not really fully showing up for the relationship that i wanted and i needed to get really serious about little games i was playing or like not being honest about okay this is not actually going to work for a real relationship so Hmm. there were moments in years where I was just looking for a reason like I was saying maybe it's because I'm an eight or maybe it's because I'm a social blind and I'm like doomed because of my type but it's like Mm. it's because of me like I'm not I don't have the uh intention because I wasn't really putting my heart on the line that's really what it came down Mm. to and I had to come to this realization that I wasn't showing up for the relationship that I wanted I was hoping that the right partner would come along who was showing up for the relationship that I wanted, but I wasn't putting myself out there. Mm. And so I had to get burned a few times because I had to put my heart on the line in a way. It's like, you're waiting for someone else to tell you, I love you. When, if you actually feel that way, Mm. you should just say it. Mm -hmm. And and so it's like, everyone's sitting around hoping that love happens to them, but they're not actually showing up for the love (laughs) that they want. And so everyone's saying this shit about uh, what about the queer perspective? If Nancy wasn't here, they would have said, what about the female perspective? But she, you know, we we had a female perspective, you know, so it's like on and on and on. You're looking for excuses. Like you either want this or you don't, not to say that you're going to get it uh, because you want it, but you have to actually put yourself out there. And that's the hard part about this whole thing is it's really hard to, you know, be vulnerable. And after you've been burned and after you've been disappointed um, if you are satisfied, then don't worry about it. But if you actually do want something like this, then you're actually going to have to put your neck, your, your heart on the line. And that's really it. So, I mean, that's what I'm interpreting from all this. This stuff is triggering people because 
you know, pe people aren't in happy relationships, but it's like mm -hmm. you're looking for a reason for why that you're the exception and that this doesn't apply to you. Yeah. And I feel like people aren't willing to ask the question of whether or not they are in a happy relationship. Like mm -hmm. to be in a happy relationship, you have to honestly check in with yourself on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. You don't just yep. have blind faith in your emotions. You go, okay, am I still happy? Yes. Okay, great. And you, you have to be ready for the no. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had this experience of you see couples that are happy, like, you know, seeing John, you know, when you and Alexander got together it's and disgusting. how <laughs> you know, people have this knee jerk reaction to be like, well, fuck, you know, just to shit on it. Well, I, I recognize like you can't actually be open to something that you are negatively rejecting mm -hmm. externally. Like if you see somebody happy mm, in a relationship yeah. and you don't have a happy relationship and you're you're reaction to it is negative you don't actually want that <laughs> like you know, right. you're resentful and you know. true so like i've always been inspired by people that were right. in relationships like that's if people ever made like uh what do you call those uh you know uh dream boards or whatever the fuck that's one of my oh, things it's such a rare thing cute. to see i know yeah, because to see people who are actually <laughs> happy together it's like that's actually like a unicorn type yeah, of thing to me and right. so i'm always like inspired by that and if you're not inspired by the possibility, then it's never going to happen. Yeah. I think another thing that happens is that people are actually really afraid of what we're talking about, what we're talking about, what you guys are mm -hmm. talking about. And it's creating this response of like, oh, let's just dismiss it entirely. Let's say that it's projection. Let's say that whatever, whatever it, you know, like let's make excuse after excuse after excuse so that I don't actually have to face my fear, mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, because like something, you know, John and I have been you know, going through it. And I'm sure that, uh, Amica, you have been going through it. Like a huge part of this has been fucking being terrified, Yep, has been facing <laughs> yeah. fears over and over and over again. And Amica, you mm. and I talked once that it just feels like, like being willing to die, yes. like just like killing yourself and, and willingly doing it over and over and over again. Mm. So then there are these people that come in and say like, oh, we're projecting. Oh, that doesn't sound right. Oh, that, you know, sounds this and this and this. You're a fucking coward is what you're saying. Yeah. Yep. And, and also these people trying to like, <laughs> like, like, especially in the, in the group trying to make us like almost wrong. Like we're doing it. Exactly. Wrong or, or being bad. Like, like, and the, the whole bullshit around like, uh, like, oh, we're saying they're not like sexual blinds are not cool. And it's like, uh, <laughs> uh the, the person I'm having this experience with is sexual blind. <laughs> oh, now you're just trying to elevate her as the one example that's objectifying her or whatever. It's like, fuck off. Wow. <laughs> Well, I mean, I thought we made it abundantly clear that this had nothing to do with instincts. one's, you know, instinct stacking. That People will just know, latch on to anything. I was just surprised that that even came out because, you know, we were looking beyond instinct. Like this is, yeah, it's just a willingness to put your heart on the line, a willingness to actually meet someone or even a willingness to listen to your own body's attraction, real attraction to someone else. Like just being really present to that sense and you know there are sexual types that are completely compartmentalizing their own sexuality they're not Absolutely. even present and or sexual types that aren't really interested in meeting someone in a hard space and, and on a soul level mm. right so it's like and we said that but somehow it, everyone's making it about everything but what we're saying which is you might need to open your heart and get really real about showing up for the relationship that you want that's it. <laughs> yeah. And also part of what also part of what you're saying is that being social last, the two of you was detrimental to mm -hmm. finding someone. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said in, uh, um, in, in the chat, I said that it took me a really long time to even uh, buy into the idea that uh, people getting to know me over a period of time could lead to a romantic connection. I, I thought that the most potent way would be, you know, like seeing a stranger from across the room and the fucking sparks fly and that's how it begins. And of course that can happen, but like I didn't have any faith in social. And of course, like this yep. sprung out of yep. my, my, you know, meeting uh, my current partner sprung out of this group. <laughs> right. Well, and I mean, for me, uh, I didn't realize how badly I was neglecting social in a relationship so that mm -hmm. I was putting up with stuff that, uh, you know, just like a, a profound lack of like res being respected and mm -hmm. honored and valued as a person. And I just thought like, I didn't even, I just seemed like what was normal, like of just not having much yeah respect for myself and it's not even like necessarily a respect well i guess that's part of it but i i think it's aspect of seeing the relational dynamic not seeing it as a social blind i think that's what i realized is like mm. we fixate on the attraction not tracking it not seeing yourself yeah not seeing the relationship dynamic and what that mm. looks like oh that's interesting you know, mm -hmm. that that's what mm -hmm. social blind's not going to see that what? Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> this is yes. the thing that's been hitting me hard the last month or so is realizing that as a social blind, that I have pretty much uh, zero to little ability to see myself and like as like me as a known entity. And like, I, like someone can tell me the impression that they have of me and how I've impacted them. And I, I it always blows me away and it slips away just as soon as I, I have it. Yeah. And yeah. just watching that has really been blowing me away. And secondly, uh, to even like step out and see your relational dynamic with someone else in terms of tracking how, you know, good it is, oh. or like I, I can track how, you know, like, hot it know, is like hooked into each mm. other and interest yeah how hot it is but i can't track you know how we're seeing mm. each other wow. <laughs> but yeah, yeah like like i could track uh like a kind of like emotional intensity that had a lot to do with frustration and conflict and but also like novelty mm. you know like travel mm -hmm. or whatever and so it's like i could track those things but yeah like kind of like taking a, 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 a overhead view of like is this what I want? Is this working this way? You know, like what is what is it looking like? Uh, mm -hmm. Like I'm just seeing more and more how not being able to see that cost me a lot of like like treating myself like a person. <laughs> you know, mm. like yes, yep. yeah. People have been complaining about sexual blinds or that we're not giving we haven't given them their due and it just seems really myopic because it's like we're all suffering yeah <laughs> it's like like our our blind spots are really hurting us and i mean we're gonna get into it at some point but it's like to think that any blind spot or any instinct stacking is cooler than the, the any of the others is one of the dumbest things it is so divorced from reality from what we have to experience like like get real Right. This, yeah, this, is like, not, this is not just a description on a page. This is a your real life. It's just a real problem. Yeah, like I think the whole sexual blind conversation that's happening is fully projection, and like you know, like we all know that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think part of it is what the majority of people in the world are sexual blind, 
And so I think the fact that this is talked about over and over again, it's the majority, you know, it's the majority of sexual blinds that are being triggered because the majority of people out there are sexual blinds. And so there is this response of like, oh, you're saying that I'm not cool. No, you're saying that you're not cool. (laughs) (laughs) You're saying that you're not cool. And the whole thing about like needing to be seen as cool is a complete resistance of integrating a blind spot. Yes. Like you have to tell yourself, you know, like integrate it and then you won't feel that way. Like part of you guys have been talking about how um, how you've been realizing how badly you've been neglecting the social instinct as a sexual blind. It has been a horrifyingly embarrassing thing to face how fucking neglectful I have been of the sexual instinct. It's mm-hmm. been so embarrassing that it feels like, like mm-hmm. the answer has been right under my nose the whole time. And I dismissed it over and over and over again as something that must be nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, so like everybody responding so hot to these conversations, you know what I mean? Like everybody talking about the sexual blind thing, you must feel that way too. Like you must feel on some subconscious level that you're also neglecting your blind spot or you wouldn't be reacting like this, or you would Mm -hmm. be contributing to the conversation in a way that says, yes, let's talk about how we can help it. It is a real problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm really happy that this uh, series has been triggering people. Uh, because this this experience has been really fucking triggering us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's just, it's so fucking annoying because I was definitely one of those people that were like, sexual blinds are seen as the lame type. You know what I mean? Like sexual <laughs> blinds are seen as like, oh, we're the squares that just like aren't, are totally out of touch with our magnetism. And then it started happening. You know, like John and I started, technically, yeah, we started in a social space just being in that chat. But like, there's no fucking way on planet earth that i would have jumped into something as quickly as i jumped into it with john never having spoken about like really our dynamic like as a couple as you know like socially or whatever that was just like a blind fall in insanity insanity and the the result of that has been and, and you know john can speak to this too the result of that has been a lot of like like nervousness a lot of yeah. that has been a lot of like like anxiety and a lot of fear because we're we're having to like contend with these instincts that we've been neglectful of and it feels like we're neglecting the thing that we know works or have believed should work the whole time. Well, I think I think the word is like fucking terror and despair because like yeah. because <laughs> well of course like you do. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean like what I exp- hear you know you going through and I think I mean our our experience is like opposite and parallel in radical ways, but yeah, uh, you know, like like questioning so much of what we thought we were making choices, you know, like what what metrics we're using to make choices and and what we thought was the way things were, mm-hmm. and the the things we took for granted or just thought was just like reality or we what we saw reflected in the world around us is just like normal, and and making choices for twenty to thirty something years from this place of being like really blind in something that's like a third of your life force. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and so the implications are, are, are horrifying. And then you have to account for like, what was I doing there? What was I doing there? Like, what, how was I trying to make this work? Yeah, what exactly. was I sacrificing about like my own integrity or value or whatever to do, to get this accomplished or whatever? What was I neglecting all this kind of shit? And so like, I, like sometimes I, I go through these things of like, how much time have I wasted in like mourning right. that kind of stuff? Like mm-hmm. a lot of mourning. And I guess the the thing that people should be uh, taking away from our own experiences is we've 
I'll, we've been, most of us been into the Enneagram for, you know, maybe 10 years plus, and we're still getting revelations about our blind spot. Yeah, right yeah, now. exactly. And so if you've joined the group or you've been typed and you've been into the Enneagram for a few months or to a year, you don't have a fucking clue about your blind spot. <laughs> yeah. You, no. you, have, you, you, like you might read it on a website, but to actually experience it and to know it in your own life is going to take some time because it's really I mean, difficult to grasp. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, the nature of the blind spot is that it is fucking, you're fucking blind to it until it kicks you in the face. Like, yes. I didn't know there's a reason that I was also reactive to the sexual blind thing. I was like, I know when I'm attracted to people that's not, I was not attracted to people, you know? And like, it is experiencing like real, like fucking terrifying attraction that has made me realize, Oh, I've never been operating this way at all, at all. I'm almost 29. I've lived this long. You know, I was engaged once like thinking that I had it down to suddenly have it all come crashing down and realize that I had it wrong the whole time. Welcome back to Big Hormone Enneagram. Uh, we are continuing our soul intercourse, intimacy, sexuality exploration. Uh, last week we did Q&As. This week we have uh, my beloved uh, Alexandra on, <laughs> uh, returning champion from the Make Nine Great Again podcast. And uh, before Alexandra, you introduce yourself, I have a little thing to play real quick. Oh, God. Uh, let me know Please if you can hear that. this. And if not, uh, Emika will edit it into the episode. Personally, I need relationships that give me the room to just sort of transform as I choose. I don't know. Something like that. Mm. Basically, I don't think I could be before. Sorry, John. <laughs> what? So she said, basically, I don't think I can be with a four. Sorry, John. And then fucking laughed at me. <laughs> so, Alexandra, so let's joke's remember on that. you. Joke's on you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Welcome. No, I'm a foot and mouth for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we got, um, well, thank you for everyone who called in the week before, including the, the fucking idiot who had the audacity <laughs> to talk shit about our experience. Thank you for that. We needed, we needed the content. Uh, but we had another <laughs> caller who uh, had some uh, words to say about what we've been doing. So let me play that. Hey, Emika. And Nancy and John and David, I just wanted to leave a comment. I am a frequent listener and I've really been enjoying the podcast. And I've just been noticing with some of the questions and stuff that come in that um, I think maybe sometimes people don't really understand um, the mission that you guys have, which is really in your vulnerability and humility, which sometimes I know can lead to humiliation when you put yourself out there. Um, I think that, you know, what it is, is like you guys are in process and we're in process and we're getting to watch your process. So it's not like you arrogantly have all the answers, but, you know, sort of like reality TV, you know, where we are getting to see the the vulnerability and the humility through your own process. And I think sometimes when people make comments, it's more like you guys are dictating some kind of authoritarian position when you're not. So I appreciate you guys. I just wanted to encourage you to keep going and keep doing what you're doing. Aw. Fuck yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Cool. We're doing a Lord's work over here. <laughs> the Lord's work that Christians won't do. 
Well, <laughs> so you know, we've been we've been exploring, uh, you know, the four of our dynamics with intimacy and relationships and attraction and sexuality and what blocked intimacy and and all this stuff. But I uh, wanted to bring Alexandra on because uh, she and I have been going through it, and uh, I know that she's been talking to Emika's partner and uh, that. She's just had such fascinating insights and revelations and coming at it from her sexual blind point of view and as an attachment type point of view. And I don't know where to begin, but uh, yeah, like there's, there was, there's been so much that's been kicked up that uh, her voice would really bring a lot. I want to jump in and hijack. Um, so <laughs> Alexandra, you mentioned, <clears throat> if I'm uh, recalling correctly, Mm-hmm. that on the on the episode that was spotlight on david um that you mm. actually related to some of what i said and could you say anything about that i mean was it the stuff towards the end about attachment type you know not mattering and those kinds of things um yeah i'll have to like see if it will come back to me um, but yeah, I definitely related to like a good amount of what you said and the not mattering thing was a, was a, was a loud piece, so, um, for sure. Let me jump in. So, I mean, I know you haven't had that kind of crazy history like I did. So what was it that you, or maybe you did, <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what, what was it that you related to? Okay. Um, well, no, I've not had that crazy history. I don't know that anybody has had that crazy history. <laughs> Uh, no one wants. Just you. David is a unique and special snowflake. <laughs> yeah. You're wild, man. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to like let it come back to me. Um, the not mattering thing definitely, definitely stood out. Um, Was it something about the wrong word here? Of course, I'm going to use seducing <laughs> parents. You know what I mean? Seducing familial something, or was it anything like that? Uh, not so much parents. Um, but I do. Okay. A little bit's coming back now. You also said something about like feeling like you just trick people into being attracted to you or like wanting you or wanting a relationship with you or something. And I remember that resonating very hard with me. Um, okay. So I guess for in case anybody doesn't, you know, isn't referencing these like past episodes that I've been on, I am a social self-pres nine wing one uh, with a six and a three fix. So I'm triple attachment. So super fucking attachment. (laughs) Um, And it shows. Um, Okay. So the whole tricking thing, this is one of the things that uh, Amica, your partner and I just like fucking freaked out about Um, because the tricking thing feels super real. It feels like to me, my history has felt like I, first of all, look for somebody who is into me, okay? Because then it, automatically there's like something that kind of like lights up in me because it's this, I have a very, even as a social type, I feel like I have a very difficult, maybe sexual blind too, I don't know. I have a very difficult time seeing what is attractive about me and seeing what is distinct about me And so when someone kind of makes a, you know, when someone is like very directing their energy towards me, there is this fascination of like, oh, what are you seeing? Hmm. You know, like, I want to see that. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So there's already that. And then the, the sort of like, now this sounds so like psychopathic, but like the sort of like thing that I do uh, from that point forward is like, okay, this person likes me. 
cool. Then it becomes about like figuring them out and working through, through trying to like get into their eyes and get into their senses and get into their ears to see how they're seeing me so that I can use that as the model that I'm going to be. Wow. Does that make sense? It's yeah, a little, makes... it's, it's very strange. Um, John and I were talking about this not too long ago too, that a lot of like my experience as an attachment type feels like I'm just blind. Feels like, like I can see myself when I'm completely alone and there's no other energy around, but the moment another energy, and I guess not just any random energy, but you know, an energy that is like significant to me somehow, even insignificantly significant, the moment that energy comes in, it's like, I lose my hearing, I lose my senses, I lose my sight and I'm in theirs yep. mm. to just like fucking sing and dance for them. And that's how I'm, that's how I'm maintaining a relationship. That's how I'm maintaining an attraction. That's how I'm mm-hmm. maintaining, you know, a connection or something like that. It's all, you know, it has, it, I'm entirely convinced that it has nothing to do with me because I don't know me. Wow. Does that make Nancy- sense? Is that? Yeah, yeah, that I've, makes a lot of sense. Nancy, I feel that. What's, yeah, I want to hear what Nancy has to say about that. Um, I mean, that all resonates very strongly. Um, rec- not recently, but in the past, Emika asked me to do a collage of like people I find attractive. And I can't, I still can't figure out like what I find attractive because mm. I wow. look for attraction towards me. Oh. Mm too so and then I do the same thing I, I, I constantly like I still do this to Brian I'm like what do you like about me like what 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 is it because I don't know what makes up me and at any mm-hmm. moment it feels like like even if I have a small grasp of it it feels like grabbing a cloud mm-hmm. like you might feel cold air for a second but then it's gone mm. And it's so frustrating because it's like, I really want to know and I really want to like follow what I want and be what I want, but it, I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. And like, even with moving to the Netherlands, I'm constantly like, is this what I want? Or did I just get swept up in a moment? And now I like, do I want to actually move out West? Do I even want to leave? Do I like, do I even like constantly questioning because I just don't know. Mm Mm-hmm. There also is this sense of like outsourcing, I guess, not just attraction, yes. but like other people's, uh, yeah, I guess other people's opinions or whatever. Like you, thank God you're sexual blind too. I don't <laughs> feel insane talking about this. But even with the attraction thing, a lot of what I, I like it is, it has been historically very difficult for me to even know what I'm attracted to. And that has resulted in me being relationships, being in relationships that I was not really like sexually attracted, you know, with people that I was not really sexually attracted to. And so then it's the question is like, well, what the fuck were you doing there? And it was, of course, one, there was like, yeah. And of course there was one, there was like, okay, well, there was like the social markers or whatever, like the, the, you know, the checklist that mom and dad will approve of whatever. Uh, But then there's also this thing of like, oh, well, other people recognize this, this, this quality as attractive. So that must be the attractive thing. You know what I mean? Like it mm-hmm. doesn't come from me. It comes from like other people's idea of what attractive is. And then I just assume it's attractive. And then I'm confused when I'm not into it. Yeah. And I, something I have really struggled with in the past, like forever, um, but more recently is the feeling that 
like other people's thoughts and emotions are forced onto me without anybody's consent, not even theirs. Like the second they exist in my realm, they're, oh, it's so frustrating. I have yelled at people before for even insinuating that they have an opinion. Yeah. Because I'm like, don't you dare give me an opinion. Don't, do not do it. Unless I am straight up asking, don't do it. Like I was getting, I was planning on getting a tattoo and I had this one idea and this guy started to give me his opinion and I straight up screamed at him and I was like, nobody fucking asked you. And (laughs) he was like, okay. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, he was giving an unwanted opinion, but (laughs) it's like a big overreaction because it feels like you are mentally assaulting me feels like you are mentally like raping my mind with your opinion totally because then the moment another person's opinion comes in then it's not my opinion anymore exactly you're gone exactly and and i have no idea that opinion yeah exactly then i'm attaching to that opinion because surely that opinion has more validity than mine does right and and i don't even know what mine is anymore yeah exactly like maybe that was never mine to begin with Mm -hmm. i don't fucking know wow Maybe that's part of the reason why people have been, uh, some of the responses people have been having because they're over absorbing uh, our experiences and points of view. Instead of maybe just saying, hey, this is something that these guys experience. Maybe I can, maybe I can take something from that. They're sort of maybe over, over absorbing the experience and, you know, making uh, self judgments about it when it's not even meant to be any of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, I mean, it. it's an there's an interesting dynamic even in the podcast that I'll speak to because uh, Emika, John, David, you all have very specific types. Even David being a nine, there's still the social blind or the, wait, did I say that right? Yeah, the social blind element, and then all three of you having very specific types. I feel like Nancy represents more of like the general whatever, and so it's even interesting. Lynette, I would love for you to talk more you know, whatever, this doesn't have to be in the episode or whatever, but like, I would love for you to talk more because I feel like part of the reason that every, all the listeners get so fucking like, you know, lose their minds is because they're not hearing their voices represented because you guys are so specific, Mm -hmm. you know, and even there, and Nancy, you can speak for me if, if, uh, if I'm like overstepping, no, uh, that there is that even the attachment type thing plays out maybe even in the, even in the podcast of like, oh, they're very specific, very sure of themselves, you know, and then there's a Bermuda, I can't even imagine like me being in this podcast, feeling like I could have like a distinct opinion of my own when, you know, yeah, I don't know if that's making sense. I, I see no, what you're makes, saying. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. Cause it, I think that my biggest issue with, with speaking up more is I don't because they all have such specific opinions and like are with it so quickly mm-hmm. I have a hard time forming mine before they move on because mm. finding mine I should mm. say uh-huh. I'm like I'll be like five minutes behind them I'm like oh yeah that would have been good to say mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then they're like on to another subject I'm like oh fuck <laughs> Yeah, you can interrupt and and I always value your opinions and contributions. And so like if you need to be like, oh, to what you were saying there, you know, way back, or if you want to be like, pause, let me uh let me think yeah. of what I want to say. Go yeah, just it. just do what John does and, and talk about whatever <laughs> you want to talk about regardless of lying <laughs> with the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I just need 
need to find a, a, a weird ass <laughs> niche like Egypt. <laughs> John yeah. will be like, so so circle back to what we were talking about ten minutes ago. <laughs> so remember two weeks ago when you brought up the the triangle? Yeah. That's, so the interesting thing about pyramids. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, I would love to hear. I mean, um, when I talked to Tina, she's been doing. By the way, we are uh, fucking shout out to yeah, Tina. Shout out oh my god, to Tina Tina's Engler. The best. That she's been making transcripts for the show, and it's a very difficult thing to do, and she did it uh, willingly. And we're gonna, you know, I'm gonna say this now and just to put some pressure on myself. You know, look out for bighormone.com. That's where we're gonna have the transcripts and a bunch of other stuff for people to get more involved with the show. But um, yeah, she did. She's been doing transcripts for the show, and she says the thing that she's been using, the AI, whatever, to make to help her make the transcripts gives a percentage of who's talking. And so apparently me and John kind of like totaled to like 70%. And like, and then David's like uh, 15 and then Nancy's like, I don't know, 10 or five or something like that. And I was like, damn, shit. Like Nancy needs to, we need to, whatever we got to do, like be obnoxious and fucking just jump in. Cause. Okay. Well, I have something to say then. Because it, it hears me practicing jumping in. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's uncomfortable. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> being, being on this podcast, I, I have really enjoyed um, being able to, I've become more of an asshole because of this podcast. Yes. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Mission accomplished. I like at, at work, I, I make men uncomfortable constantly and I Good. just ate everyone and it's really fun and people don't fuck with me anymore and like (laughs) I feel like this might sound like a bad thing but it's kind of a good thing like I feel like I've kind of separated from my mom a lot more like Mm. I talk to her as much and I like she disagrees with my points of view a lot and I'm like that's right <laughs> She's like, "Do you really think all cops are bastards, Nancy?" I'm like, "Yes, including <laughs> your son, including your son." Although I still don't speak as much, it has it has made me a little bit more confident in what I have to say. Hell yeah, awesome! That's awesome. Hell yeah! Well, yeah. Next step, we want to hear your voice. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I you know, I think a lot of people, you know, just listening to the like Alexander, what you said that Nancy pretty much represents the audience you know like mm-hmm. uh when john was talking to me about like doing this pod uh he was just like just imagine how fucking weird it would be for a bunch of social ass to be on a fucking podcast <laughs> like it is literally weird as hell that doing this. and that's part of the appeal of the show but at the same time people can't really relate to us um how often do you run into social blinds talking about anything so yeah and that's really important social- Totally. And not just social blinds, but two, you know, like, I mean, three, David, two, I know you're an attachment type. You still have seven and four and like, like not just, oh, I just lost my train of thought. Just had a nine thing. Yeah, we're uh, you, well, yeah, just not just social blind. There it is. Oh, it. <laughs> not just social blinds, That's but like baby. very <laughs> specific, very, very potent, specific people like five and four and eight like what the fuck who the fuck is gonna relate to that besides you guys it's not just our types either like you know Mm there people can be those types and just still not be you know yeah we've seen that 
plenty of that of people who well, are exactly it's well it's like it's the complete it's the lack of attachment that you guys have <laughs> that you can just everything comes from you from in you know what I mean like I say this to John like it feels like all of his opinions and his thoughts and his like beliefs or whatever come from himself with no reference or even idea of what's going on outside mm-hmm. and so like it is going to be this hyper specific thing because like you guys are not attached to shit i'm jealous it's wild (laughs) oh i was gonna say and nancy to speak to what you were saying about how like the like just like being in this energy and being in this podcast has caused you to be more of an asshole out you know like outside of the podcast i feel that too yeah like like being with john just hearing how just like instantly he just like believes what he believes and instantly he's just like boom this is what i think out in the world here you go (laughs) everyone you know it makes me more like oh my god everybody can just say whatever they want what in the fuck like right i guess i can just say what i want too and it's been i've definitely been like like uh let's see i mean as a nine i'm kind of always angry but i'm a little like punchier about it Mm -hmm. uh my opinions are a lot uh, more clear. I feel like, and Emika, this is another thing your partner and I have talked about. I almost feel like more arrogant and more like there have been times where I'm like, am I just fucking full of myself? Oh, that's right. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Yeah. I am yeah. the type. Yeah. Like I am the type. This is the tri type that is, of course, going to think that everything they say is arrogant and, you know, right. like doesn't have the space to fucking say it. But then you see so many people just out on the planet just so dumbly confident about their dumb opinions, I might as well put mine out there too. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's been pretty beautiful watching uh, Alexandra embrace her rage. Uh, like, I mean, we had a fight the other night and <laughs> the way we started to f- the, the fight was, we, she, Alexandra was like, I need you to literally wrestle me. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and so we literally wrestled and I was like, come on, you know, come on. And kind of provoking her, whatever. And then uh, she was able to just like sit up and just like let it just. Yeah. There were a couple times when she would be like, I know this is not fair or I know this, whatever. And it was like, just go, baby, go. You know, and it was like, <laughs> and it was all, it was all angry at me, but it wasn't like, uh, I don't know. It was like as a reactive type, I was like, oh, this is how she feels. <laughs> hello, body, hello, body type. Yeah, exactly. Major, Let's wrestle. Major. And, exactly. And I wanted to say real quick, because I, I realize that people hear some of the stuff that Alexandra is saying and Nancy is saying about us being specific and, you know, basically full of ourselves. That, <laughs> oh, that sounds so cool. But, you know, there is some fucking suffering with that because, like, for example, I've said this many times before, but it took me a long time to realize that people weren't starting relationships from bar hookups. Mm. Now, that sounds fucking ridiculous, but it does it's kind sound of like, ridiculous. you're right. It's kind of like, you know, <laughs> when I was like 21 and I, I woke up to the fact that people were having sex, my first experience was that was, oh, people are doing this in bars. Oh, this is how love starts. And I just went with it in the bathroom. I, I hope mm. You know, like, you know, that thought that, <laughs> that uh, you know, you go and, and you meet through mutual friends and that was completely foreign to me. And I had no hooks into um, doing that or even realizing that that's how people did it. And I just thought, you know, like, it's going to work for me because, you know, whatever I latch onto works, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, like, yeah. I just stuck with that for a long time. So it's like, there's a way that, yeah, being separate has it as advantages, but it has a lot of disadvantages because you're not really paying attention out of your little 
bubble of mm-hmm. whatever you mm-hmm. think reality is. Yeah, I, I I echo that. Like I have you know I have a different experience of you know of like how how I you know operated, but I have a similar thing where I still feel like I'm learning. Like oh, this is what people do. Like I don't know how people do things. It's like on one hand I don't care what people do, but then on the other hand I like these sort of consequences of living amongst humans and trying to form relationships with other people it's like I see how my own specificity is like so uh I'm so much in my own corner and yeah limiting limiting and and but also like you know as I've spoken to here like I've always had a lifelong feeling of being deeply unattractive and unwanted and you know uh I don't know how much that's like just like way I am versus versus how much my uh like the the radar i had for people wanting me was so limited and specific uh that i couldn't even take in impressions that people wanted me or were attracted to me or interested in me Mm -hmm. uh because it was like i was only reading like a really really limited narrow specific bandwidth of what wanted means Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. caused a lot of suffering in terms of just like feeling terrible myself and feeling like i had to like that if i was to like leave a relationship or whatever uh, no one would want me. And that if, even if they wanted me, that they were not capable of coming to the place of intimacy that I was looking for. But I was also foregoing intimacy myself because I was feeling so much like there was no other option for me because I was so limited and specific. Mm. Um, so like, yeah, it fucking sucks. And it's like, the reason Emika's bringing up the cool thing is people were posting in the group about, you know, like the perception of, what we're talking about makes certain types seem more cool than others. And like, uh, I don't, I don't find that to be the case. And that's not the intention to broadcast any fucking type, which is a fucking structure is cool, cooler than another. They're all fucking miserable. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's, there's a certain thing that's come with uh, being social blind, four, five, eight, whatever. Yeah. And part of the, the cool thing that's kind of ridiculous as a social blind is um, sort of this whenever I hear these impressions that people have of me to say oh you're cool and it just seems because I don't I can't hold that image like you know sort of what you're talking about like that you couldn't sense that people were attracted to you like the how people seeing yourself through other people's eyes seems like such a foreign experience yeah. so when <laughs> someone says that we're the cool people it it feels like who are you talking about like that's not me <laughs> that you're talking Jesus. about it also um, means nothing like yes <laughs> be like cool or not cool it's like you could tell me i like look pink or blue or you know it's like that doesn't even make any fucking sense so like who the fuck cares mm-hmm. it's kind of funny that you said you don't know what people do because my experience is i know exactly what people do mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't know what i do mm. <laughs> yeah like i know what i do so yeah. well yeah, I don't know what I do at all, but I sure as shit know what people do. Yeah. I have a thing, too, that, Emika, you could tell me if you resonate with this, but I'm like, I will never compromise kind of thing. That, Feeling of, I will not compromise myself. That's the thing, like, having overly a distinct sense of your own preferences, and, you know, I there's a part of me that wants to be aware of what people are up to, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to change anything that I'm doing. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, it's interesting, this topic getting back to um, how attachment types sort of lose themselves in mm. relationships. Um, my partner talked to you, Alexander, about, uh, mm-hmm. and one of the things that struck me that she mentioned was um, maybe this is the, the sort of the core issue for attachment types in relationships is, and I've seen this over and over again, 
Mm-hmm. A lot of people when they're young just get into a relationship that they think works that does nothing for them but it's like I feel comfortable with this person and I just thought it was like uh some people do that but I didn't realize how pretty much almost everyone's doing that mm-hmm. this is the yeah. attachment style of I want to be with someone that isn't going to shake anything about my boundaries that everything is comfortable and expected so that I can maintain I know what I who I need to be in order to keep this person happy uh that's kind of what is that (laughs) I guess I wanted you guys to talk more about that like not wanting to be affected in your relationships basically yeah well I can I can start um in saying like I would even go farther back and go back to the object relations Mm -hmm. with three, six, and nine. And that like three, six, and nine are the types that when their parents like, you know, ultimately failed them, their response wasn't to be like, fuck you. I'm going to do my own thing. It was to change their behavior. (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was to change their behavior to try to get that approval, Mm. you know? And so like something that you're, Oh, I almost said her name. (laughs) Something that your partner and I've talked about is we've referred to that approval as like getting gold stars. Mm-hmm. you know and so it's it becomes this thing so yeah like there has been a way that I have speaking to my own experience there has been a way that I have been navigating my life to be unaffected because if I'm affected that thwarts my chances in getting that approval which is ultimately the most important yes you know and so it becomes this thing of like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing everybody else knows what I'm doing and I only know that I'm doing a good job if I'm getting those gold stars from them you know, and so like me being unaffected is the byproduct of me needing approval. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like 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 getting approval is the important thing. And so my needs have to be put to the side. My like sense of satisfaction has to be put to the side because what the fuck do I know? And huh. and so what you're saying though is like the sense of of your needs or your satisfaction would involve something affecting you in a particular way Mm, can you say that say that again well i I hear this sense of like you're saying that like in order to get the gold star i can't be affected oh yeah well yeah i've got to be focused (laughs) and and so so like what that like that the reason those two things are seemingly at odds is not clear to me uh well because it's it's also the thing of like so in order to be in tune with whatever it is that my needs and my like whatever satisfies me in order to be in tune with that i have to be individuated yeah. So I have to like let go of anybody else needing to make those decisions for me. Mm-hmm. What I'm hearing is, you know, putting it all together is that, for example, you started off by saying that, and this is what my partner has echoed, is that she was going off of who mm-hmm. was into her. If it ever started off with her having a a, a reaction that she was into someone, she shut it down immediately. <laughs> well, yeah. there's it's so it all it's always starts with this other you know, external factor driving the potential relationship. And so then it's a matter of what does this person want from me and how, how do I give them that to get the... It's also star? emotionally safer and yeah. uh, easier to be what they want if you don't actually care about them that much. That's the mm. thing. That's like the if it, Like, that's why I waited for people to be attracted to me because then I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. Then you yep. can just kind of blindly follow their direction and not mm-hmm. actually need anything. 
And then when it ends, mm-hmm. because inevitably it ends, you don't have to feel the feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Why that, do you want that to do is what that? blew me away about the whole Why? Story. Because we get gold stars <laughs> and that's what life yeah. is all about. <laughs> well, it's not it seems to me that it's you get gold stars, but you don't actually put yeah. anything on the you're line. Safe. Like you're not actually affected and you're comfortable. And you know, one thing that my partner has been experiencing um as a result of us getting together is it's really comfortable it'd be to be in a thing with someone yep. you barely care about but you're getting this gold stars from it's a very um it's a it's a way to not be alive but also to not be affected and be and get mm-hmm. your needs met but to be in a relationship with someone where you're actually showing up to your specific attractions um and you're experiencing this you know really strong chemistry all of a sudden the ground underneath you is not like a for sure yeah. stable yes. thing anymore. And you know that if this falls apart, you are going to be really Absolutely. open. And yeah. for for me it it uh like it puts me in touch with my heart which I'm really good at keeping at bay until mm-hmm. I am in a place where I have to love someone and then uh, it's not so easy to keep at bay and I have to actually uh deal with the emotions that come up. So mm-hmm. like for me, you know, at the beginning, I told you it was a lot of fear, similar to what you guys are feeling, like a lot of, a lot of fear of death or them dying yes, or me yes. dying or God, catastrophic yeah. or being stuck on opposite sides of the world. Like just, you name it. I, I freaked out about it. now, now I'm dealing with all the rage of all the, all the shit I let myself be put through. And that's Mm. because I can't really fairly take it out on him. Right. So I have to actually deal with this rage so that it doesn't come out at him. Mm. That's fucking hard. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another part uh, too, about like the thing of, of not wanting to be affected. Like I'll speak from my own experience. Um, Part of the reason that it's so scary to be actually affected and to act on that, you know, being touched means that it's only coming from me, means that it's only coming from me, which means I have no sort of external touchstone to like lean on. Mm -hmm. So if something, so if it fucking falls apart, I, there's no direction for me. I'm just like, like, it feels like I'm just falling into a black hole. Here's, you know, like there's no, there's no guidance. There's no, nobody's telling me what to do, how to do it. It's me alone. And that's fucking terrifying. Here's part of what it is. The attachment types are trying to recreate home. Yes. Uh, yes. And oh, so, that fucking, that hurts me. I know. Just to say, <laughs> you're going to make me cry if you say that. <laughs> Jesus. So, um, so, and home is, well, home was in those formative years you adapting to a non-ideal situation and not choosing it right Mm -hmm. so you're talking about now individuating choosing and leaving home home. yeah fuck you man i know i know fuck you you. i didn't ask to feel emotions on a tuesday night (laughs) 